A wonderful Wednesday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Wednesday. It's been a great preseason for the Grizzlies so far, but Tuesday brought with it a bit of disappointing news. Dylan Brooks will not be available to start the season for the Grizzlies. The details on his injury, what his loss means, and the ripple effect that it'll have in terms of changing roles for many on the rest of the Grizzlies roster. That and much more on this edition of the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. Let's get it going. Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Of course, hope that wherever you are, wherever you are listening or watching, that you were having a wonderful start to your Wednesday. I say it many times because I sincerely mean it. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz on Twitter. Myself, right here, Sean Coleman, at StatsSAC. I'm a credentialed media member with the Grizzlies, have been covering the Grizzlies now for four years over at Grizzly Bear Blues with the great crew over there, and of course, your host here at Locked on Grizzlies. You can find the podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app. Wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we will be, and you can also obviously find us here now on YouTube. Listen, review, and subscribe if you choose to listen to the podcast and hit that subscribe button if you're looking if you're watching here on YouTube. Let's us know you like the show. Makes the show available for others who enjoy YouTube and the Grizzlies and just makes the show in general best for everybody involved. Of course, we want to thank you for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day, but make sure as always you check out the Locked on NBA podcast as your second listen of the day. Not only to get the latest from around the NBA as the season arrives, but also right now the Odyssey Ultimate NBA Season Preview is going on day by day. You'll hear from a group of local experts who host the Locked on NBA podcast shows, get some real insight into the season previews. Later this week, you'll see me amongst other teams that are on the rise, those teams that are hoping to really not only make the playoffs, but advance in it as well. I'll have plenty to talk about when it comes to the Grizzlies. But of course, for the Grizzlies to be able to arrive to their destination, to arrive to their goal of once again making the playoffs, health is something that's going to need to be there. It wasn't there until the second half of the season last year. And while this year, the Grizzlies certainly do have more benefit of health on their side, Tuesday brought with us a bit of disappointing news. Dylan Brooks, a few months ago, experienced an injury during a training session in which he said in two different places, he broke the wrist on his left arm. He broke his left wrist, left hand, whatever have you. Obviously, we saw the first indication of that during the Summer League games when he was in Vegas with the rest of the Grizzlies watching the Summer League team perform. Well, as we got to media day, Zach Kleiman, as well as Dylan Brooks and Coach Taylor Jenkins, they all seem to indicate that there's no long-term worry about Dylan Brooks's wrist. They all feel that he was easily working his way to 100%. They did choose to set him out for the preseason games. Well, as Taylor Jenkins mentioned, yesterday, or excuse me, on Monday. The hope was, was to over the next few days, which would have been yesterday, obviously, the hope was 
for you to be for for the Grizzlies to be able to go through the process, the return to play process with Dylan Brooks to examine his wrist and see if it had healed. Well, unfortunately, the news that they got was less than ideal. It seems as if more time is going to be needed, more treatment is going to be needed, and therefore we're looking to two to three weeks from yesterday being when Dylan Brooks could be reevaluated. So what that means is, is best case scenario, you're looking at Dylan Brooks maybe missing, you know, a week's worth of games and coming back with his wrist fully healed. A worst case scenario is potentially you looking at the Grizzlies being, you know, going into that opening home game against the Cleveland Cavaliers and then going on that very, very difficult road trip out West in which you'll be playing Four playoff hopefuls in the West. We'll get into the schedule in just a second. But you could see them without Dylan Brooks throughout that whole road trip, hoping that he comes back when they return home. So overall, you're likely to see Dylan Brooks, I would expect, you're like the Grizzlies are likely to be without Dylan Brooks for one to three weeks going into the start of the season. And that certainly is not ideal. Listen, we're going to talk about in this episode how the Grizzlies have plenty of intriguing options that could step up and hopefully in some way, shape, or form provide effective production in place of Dylan Brooks. But it's very hard to replace a player that you have so much certainty on, that you rely so much on when it comes to his overall production. On defense, he's the leader of the strength of your team. He's the main guy. He's the first line of defense that leads the best part of your team. He's the biggest reason why myself and others have really pointed at the Grizzlies having a potentially top five defense this year could be a reality. And now you're losing his services during a part of the schedule where the Grizzlies needing to play like a top five defense to have success is critical. Look at this part of the schedule for the Grizzlies. They'll start off against the Cleveland Cavaliers on October 20th. Then they will go on that West Coast road trip in which they will play the Clippers, the Lakers, the Trailblazers, and the Warriors all in a span of six days. Following that, when they come back home, they play the Heat, and then they'll play the Nuggets twice in Memphis. So it's not just those teams. And besides the Cavaliers, in the opening night game. Besides them, the Grizzlies are then looking at four straight games. Well, it's seven straight games against clear playoff hopefuls in both the East and the West. And you're looking at these teams having players such as Colin Sexton, Paul George, obviously LeBron, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, and then, of course, Michael Porter Jr. and others, you're looking at each of these teams having a standout performer on the perimeter that you're going to feel much more confident in the Grizzlies being able to face with Dylan Brooks than without him. So the area where the Grizzlies are going to miss Dylan Brooks the most is him being that first line of defense against a stretch of opponents that clearly have some of the best scoring presences in the NBA. That's where Dylan Brooks is going to be missed the most. But his absence on offense cannot be understated either. He is considered to be the third scoring option for this Grizzlies team. And if Jaron Jackson Jr. were to struggle with his shot, as we saw to in the play-in game, 
or the two play-in games and the playoffs, it was Dylan Brooks who clearly was the second scoring option behind John Moran. That certainty of your top three scoring options, including the fact that Jaron may struggle at times getting back into the groove of things, that's no longer there. So now you know that what you have in Jaw, you're hoping that you know what you have in Jaron, but if either one of those two players struggle with their shot, you've now lost your best shot creator and one of your best shooters. You have to hope that the three-point shooting, though the Grizzlies are putting a heavy emphasis on that, you have to hope that the three-point shooting there is there for the Grizzlies to start the season in a consistent manner to really back up the play of Jaw and Jaron. A lot of that backup or a lot of that complimentary scoring or, or, or you know, being a reliable option or a counter option to Jaw and Jaron, that would have fought, fell on Dylan Brooks' ability to create for himself. Now, without that, you put a lot of emphasis on the team having the cohesiveness and the chemistry to create for each other and the shooting to be there as well. So this goes to show, in terms of being a singular source of value, just how much is taken away from what the Grizzlies were hoping to do during a very important part of, your, of their schedule. That's how big of an impact the absence of Dylan Brooks will be. The leader of the defense, which is the strength of his team of this team during a stretch of the season where Dylan's presence certainly could have been at his highest value. Plus, you're now also losing one of the more certain parts of your offense and one of the more important parts of your offense and Dylan shoot improved shooting and self-creation. It now it now relies on the team as a whole. To back up John Jaron, it relies on the rest of the roster to be as efficient and effective as possible with their offensive production. So in other words, you certainly are tightening that window, tightening the flexibility of error. You certainly don't have as much room for error, error as you would have had if you had Dylan Brooks in place. I'm not saying that Dylan Brooks is an all-star. I'm not saying that Dylan Brooks is one of the top you know, 10 or 15 two-way players in the league. But in terms of what the Grizzlies do, and in terms of one of the youngest teams in the NBA that does not have as much certainty as other teams, taking away a source of certainty from the Grizzlies' start of the season plans in Dylan Brooks certainly is a less than ideal development. Thankfully, the Grizzlies have been here before. They experienced this same exact thing last year, though it was different players it was the Grizzlies being put in a situation where they were going to have to rely on the talent of their youth and depth. Well, they're going to have to do that once again this year. Thankfully, the Grizzlies are more prepared this year than they were last year. And in terms of while you can't directly replace the value that Dylan Brooks offers, it's good to have multiple options that you can confidently insert into more featured roles, and be confident that they can deliver time and time again. And that comes down to Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton really taking on featured roles with the Grizzlies in the absence of Dylan Brooks. Now, the thing I can tell you is this, is that in a few weeks, we're probably going to be, we're probably going to see warm temperatures be absent. But until then, there's still warm temperature out there. And while that's great for many, it couldn't, it could be a less than ideal situation for some who suffer from excessive sweating. And if that's you, I want to tell you about a great product called Sweat Block. 
It works for seven days per use and is doctor created and doctor recommended. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. It's a bestseller on Amazon, has over 13,000 reviews, and right now is the number one seller in the Amazon antiperspirant category. Get your confidence back from your little source of success. Sweat block wipes should be a part of anyone's toiletry bag. You can go to CVS, you can go to Amazon, but you also can go to sweatblock.com right now and get 20% off your next order of sweatblock by putting in the promo code locked on. Again, go to sweatblock.com right now, put in the promo code locked on and get 20% off your next order from sweatblock. We can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day, but I'm going to plug one of my favorite Locked On shows for today, especially after last night when the Braves clinched a spot in the NLCS. If you got that feeling as a Braves fan or you were feeling great after your favorite college football or pro football team won this weekend, make sure to check out your favorite team's Locked On Network podcast when it comes to MLB, when it comes to college football, when it comes to NFL football. For me, that's Locked On Braves with Dylan Short, Locked On Balls with Eric Kane, as well as Locked On Titans. For you, that may be the team that you love, but you could bet the team that you love is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network more than likely. So after making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day, Continue the good vibes for your day and make your favorite Locked On NFL, Locked On College Football, or Locked On MLB show your second listen of the day. So now that we know that Dylan Brooks is not going to be available to start the season, the overall expectations and the overall opportunity for Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton could not be more in place than it is Right now, over at Grizzly Bear Blues today, I wrote a piece about how with Dylan Brooks in the lineup, a potential platoon of of Desmond Bain starting and DeAnthony Melton being in high leverage and closing situations, kind of a platoon situation could make sense for both Bain and Melton to be in their most ideal usages in kind of a platoon situation with the Grizzlies being fully healthy. But that's not the case now with Dylan Brooks being on the sideline for likely one to three weeks to start the season. So if that's the case, what is the first response from Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies? It's doing exactly what has worked in the preseason. To start the first game of the season, Taylor Jenkins went with John Morant, Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Steven Adams. He's gone with that lineup more often than not in this preseason. And what are the overall results? You've got the Grizzlies being one of the best teams this preseason. As I mentioned on yesterday's show, five of their going coming into yesterday, five of the top 12 NBA players this preseason in terms of individual plus minus, total individual plus minus, are the Grizzlies. That's how well the starting lineups for the Grizzlies have played. And when it comes to Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton, though John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., have been the biggest sources of the Grizzlies' success, as is expected with those two being the two cornerstones of the Grizzlies' future. It's the supporting production of DeAnthony Melton and Desmond Bain that has really stood out. Combined, Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton are 20 of 46 from three this preseason. That's 43%. 
on nearly or on just over 10 threes per game combined between Melton and Bain. If you can get that type of shooting performance to support Jaw and Jaron early in the season, that's better than anyone could have asked for, in my opinion. And the thing that I'll say is this, is you'll read over in the article over at Grizzly Bear Blues, I talk about how the Grizzlies really value Desmond Bain and Grayson Allen shooting to start games last year. And when the Grizzlies were doing their best from three in the first quarter of games, that is where they had a better chance of winning. When when they were shooting threes the best, in the months that they were shooting threes the best, which was January, April, and March, or in May of last year, the Grizzlies were nine games over 500. Well, in the first quarter of games this preseason, Jaw, Jaron, Melton, and Bain have combined to go nine of 22 from three, which is a very good rate. So now, instead of talking about who should get the start at the two-guard position, who should close, all this different stuff, the Grizzlies' best response to Dylan Brooks not being available is to start both Melton and Bain. Obviously, one of the reasons why when it comes to Melton is that he becomes your best perimeter defender. I am not saying he's going to be as effective, especially against bigger perimeter players that Dylan Brooks did so well against. I'm not saying that DeAnthony Melton is going to be as effective, but his activity is going to be needed more than ever so that the Grizzlies can get possession edges. They can get more possessions based off creating turnovers. So DeAnthony Melton is instantly going to step up as being one of the most important, if not the most important, perimeter defender for the Grizzlies in the absence of Dylan Brooks. But as I also mentioned, without Dylan Brooks's certainty when it comes to offense, of being somebody who can create his own shot, of being someone who can give you 15 to 20 uh, points a night, and certainly has shown that he can do it more effectively towards the end of last season than he was doing a year ago, that's a big loss for this Grizzlies team. So how do you respond? You play your second and third best shooters on the roster now as often as possible and hopefully as often together as possible. That's right. The Grizzlies' best shooter right now, I would say, is Jaron Jackson Jr. because of the production that he showed showed in his second season in the league. But obviously, Desmond Bain is a more accurate shooter and DeAnthony Melton was the Grizzlies' best three um, pull-up three-point shooter last year. It was also one of the most productive fourth-quarter shooters in the league. He was sixth among all NBA players with 60 or more fourth-quarter three-point attempts last year. Of all the players with 60 or more fourth-quarter three-point attempts, DeAnthony Melton was sixth in three-point percentage. Desmond Bain, he was awesome regardless of what quarter you're looking at. But the other thing that stood out about Desmond Bain is that when he was in the starting lineup to end last year, not only were the Grizzlies one of the best teams when it came to net rating, they also were one of the best teams when it came to effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage. And that is where combining Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton for their shooting prowess is the best response to the absence of Dylan Brooks. If the Grizzlies are losing in Brooks, their best source of self-creation, the best way for them to make up for it on their roster is to go with options that not only can shoot the three-wheel, but also are good sources of making right decisions, 
making right decisions when it comes to shot selection. Both the Anthony Melton and Desmond Bain had very good to elite effective field goal and true shooting marks for much of last year. So if neither is the shot creator, the self-sufficient shot creator that Dylan Brooks is, where they make up for that is though they may not be able to create on their own, if they're on the court together, you would have to feel confident that you're more often than not going to find high percentage looks from three. If De'Anthony Melton or Desmond Bain are taking a three, you have to feel confident that's the best case scenario of that specific possession. Or you have to know with how good they are in catch and shoot opportunities that they're going to be able to find high percentage looks based off working off each other. So neither De'Anthony Melton or Desmond Bain give you as much certainty as Dylan Brooks. In my opinion, they don't give you as much value as Dylan Brooks. And they don't bring to the table the things that the Grizzlies team needs that Dylan Brooks does. Neither De'Anthony Melton or Desmond Bain are going to be as effective guarding the primary perimeter threat on the opposing team. Neither De'Anthony Melton or Desmond Bain are going to create shots like Dylan Brooks does. But the combination of De'Anthony Melton and Desmond Bain overall could potentially really give you a lot of good value both on offense through their shooting and their shot selection. And with them being on the court, the increased likelihood that the Grizzlies are going to consistently find high percentage looks and, of course, the activity that they provide on defense. So at the end of the day, the most ideal situation would be Dylan Brooks at the three and either DeAnthony Melton or Desmond Bain, depending on what the situation called for, at the two. But if that's not going to be available for a little while, then why not take every opportunity to play Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton? And despite all that I've mentioned as to reasons why you have evidence that Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton, because of their on-court production last year, make sense to start together in place of Dylan Brooks, the other things that the Grizzlies benefit, benefit from is an immediate understanding of how both Bain and Melton will perform in highly featured roles. In this version of the Grizzlies without Dylan Brooks, it's it, it's very clear that Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton become two of the top five most important Grizzlies to start the season. Their performance is one of the five most important to start the season. That the How they perform in that role is going to be a very good indicator of what they'll be able to do when called upon in a similar role, either later this season or into the future. So through the absence of Dylan Brooks and by starting and featuring Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton, the Grizzlies can gain a pretty good understanding of between Melton and Bain, will both of them be able to step up as big parts of our future core? Will only one of them be able to? Is one more uh, sensible to potentially trade while we keep the other one in place as a really featured part of our future? Those type of questions, though they won't be answered fully, they won't be answered with clarity You know, in the small amount of time that Brooks will be out. The Grizzlies can gain an understanding as to who may be the most important for the Grizzlies' future or hopefully just how important both Bain and Melton will be individually each to the Grizzlies' future. So though it's not ideal that that Dylan Brooks is not going to play, it's it's hard to get all these players, you know, configured right with all of their names starting with the D. While Dylan Brooks being out is not ideal, there actually is 
stuff to gain. There actually could be benefit from bigger opportunities for Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton to take full advantage of this season. And I'm personally excited to see if at just how much of an opportunity Taylor Jenkins provides for both Melton and Bain. And I do think from indications that we've seen in the past, the Grizzlies are going to benefit greatly if they feature both Bain and Melton in the absence of Dylan Brooks. But it's not just Bain and Melton whose roles are going to change due to the absence of Dylan Brooks. Plenty of other players could see increased responsibility as they step into bigger roles until Brooks returns. Well, I can tell you this. If you want the opportunity to feature a reliable source that can make your day better, just like when the Grizzlies feature Dylan Brooks' reliable defense, their overall performance gets better. For you, the equivalent to that would be trusting Bilt Bar. Featuring Bilt Bar as your snack of the day in the morning as breakfast, in the afternoon as a snack. It's the best tasting protein bar out there on the market. A protein bar that actually tastes like a candy bar. Tastes great, good health benefits, boost of energy to your day. And if you go to Built.com right now, you'll get 15% off your next order of Built Bar by putting in the promo code LOCKED15. Again, go to Built.com right now, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. On Thursday's episode of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we'll, we'll recap the preseason game from Wednesday night, but also look at Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark, both players are going to be impacted by the absence of Dylan Brooks. I know we were supposed to look at them today, but obviously this news about Dylan Brooks' injury takes precedent. So tomorrow we'll continue our player preview series looking at the roles for Brandon Clark and Xavier Tillman. So we talked about how Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton obviously are the biggest benefactors from Dylan Brooks' absence. Those are the players who likely are going to be asked to step up in bigger roles. But the other player that comes to mind is Kyle Anderson. And I do think that we're going to see different versions of the starting lineup depending on which team the Grizzlies are facing. With Des with Dylan Brooks being unavailable, Kyle Anderson becomes the leader of the defense, in my opinion. His overall impact, his intelligence, how long he's been with the team, how well he knows his teammates. I think that Kyle Anderson becomes the leader of the defense. And I also think that while coming off the bench, that means he would be utilized more at his best position at the four. You may see him more at the three. Even in some cases, depending on who the Grizzlies are playing, you may see Kyle Anderson start at the three with Jaron Jackson at the four, Steven Anderson at the five, and one of Maynard Belton at the Bain or Melton at the two to support Jaw. So the player that also has his value once again, has the need for him to step up once again, be apparent, just like it was as the first of last year, is Kyle Anderson. Along with Kyle Anderson, you also see there now being potential rotation minutes for both Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark. If Kyle Anderson were to be asked to focus more on the perimeter, that means that the two backup big roles for the Grizzlies will fall to Clark and will fall to Tillman. And it certainly seems as if the Grizzlies are going to try to find a way to keep both players in the rotation. Now, I don't think that, you know, like it would for Kyle or like it would for, you know, Xavier or for a DeAnthony Melton or Desmond Bain, I don't think the responsibilities 
of Brandon Clark or Xavier Tillman really changed that much. Though you could see them, one of them, if they're playing with another big, you could see one of them take their ability to the perimeter where both Brandon Clark and Xavier Tillman have underrated abilities to guard on the perimeter for their size, in my opinion. But though their responsibilities may not necessarily alter that much, you could see a bigger role for each if the situation calls for it. Perhaps the player whose role overall changes the most or increases the most in terms of responsibility is John Conchar. And the reason why that is is because if the goal was for Desmond Bain and and, um, Dylan Brooks to start for the Grizzlies, then that means you would have DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson coming off the bench as being a really highly effective do-something-at-all-times duo, create as much positivity in as many ways duo for the Grizzlies bench against other bench lineups. Well, if DeAnthony Melton is going into the starting lineup with Desmond Bain, the Grizzlies need some type of source of that, some type of energy source that they could throw into the game and and change the pace, kind of as a change of pace in a positive way because of how well John Conchar is at creating production when he's in the game. I truly feel that you're going to see John Conchar step into a consistent 10 to 15 minute a night role due to the amount of activity he can provide in the Grizzlies' favor when he's on the court. So perhaps the player who's going to gain the most from the you know role he was expected to fill with Brooks being available to the role that he needs to fill now that Brooks is out is going to be John Conchar. But of course, other players also could benefit. If there's another injury, for instance, you start to see Zaire Williams, Jarrett Culver, and others stand out as being natural inclusions into a rotation that may start to be thinned out by injuries if anybody else were to get hurt next to Brooks. So it's not just Bain and it's not just Melton who are going to benefit from Brooks's absence. And by benefit, I mean the opportunity to step in a more featured role and show that Bain and Melton can be remain as productive as they are in smaller roles. But beyond Bain and Melton, you have Kyle Anderson, you have Zaire Williams, you have John Conchar, you have Xavier Tillman, Brendan Clark. All of their roles in some way, shape, or form are impacted by the loss of Brooks. So the key for the Grizzlies is to utilize each of these roster pieces, each of these rotation pieces in ways that will benefit them. For instance, if the Grizzlies need are going at a faster pace, need to catch up in a game, they're facing a team that obviously is shooting the ball well, well, then that indicates that you probably want to go with the trio of Bain, Melton, and Jaron Jackson Jr. supporting Jaw as much as possible to maximize your offensive opportunity. Say the Grizzlies have the lead in the second half and they're going in against more of a half-court team um, in terms of slowing the pace and, you know, a team that's much more effective, you know, offensively in the half court. Well, in that case, you probably want to put Kyle Anderson in the game, probably feature him more with DeAnthony Melton since the strengths of their games are defense. So while we talk about, you know, could DeAnthony Melton and Desmond Bain start, that certainly is something to watch and something that you hope to see. But in general, when it comes to the absence of Dylan Brooks, you're going to see many different players step up into bigger roles. And so the Grizzlies look that they give one game, they could be completely different from the look they give the next game, depending on opponent. So obviously, when you miss a central source of value like Dylan Brooks, the best way to overcome his absence is not trying to directly replace him with one player, but through the community effort of the rest of the roster, putting players in the ro- on the roster 
in position to win with their strengths. That's something Taylor Jenkins has time and time again shown a keen ability to do. He'll need to do it once again for the Grizzlies to be successful without Dylan Brooks. But the thing is, is with the roster and depth the Grizzlies have, you have to feel confident that they're going to be able to find the right solution to remain as competitive as possible until Brooks returns. It obviously is less than ideal. It's unfortunate that Brooks will be out to start the season, but you also have to feel a bit of excitement that both Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton right off the bat are going to be able to show what they can do in highly featured roles for this Grizzlies team. It'll be fun to watch, and hopefully everything will work out to the benefit of both the players and the Grizzlies. The players for stepping up into these bigger roles and the Grizzlies once again being able to reap the benefits of its depth. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. You can find me at Sean Coleman, or excuse me, find myself, Sean Coleman, at StatsSAC on Twitter, the show at Locked On Grizz, and also, of course, on YouTube. Until next time, go Grizzlies. Hopefully, don't forget, in tonight's game, several Grizzlies, basically all the starters and much of the rotation, probably 80% of the actual rotation that will be playing during the regular season on a consistent basis, about 80% of that of those players are missing tonight's game. So it's going to be much more like last Saturday when the Grizzlies played the um, Hawks versus the Grizzlies versus the Pistons or the Grizzlies versus, versus the Bucks. So make sure to still tune in because you're still going to see plenty of the Grizzlies' best youth on display in bigger roles themselves, hopefully ready to deliver once again. We'll cover that and also Look at the position battle between Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark. That may now be a bit different than it be a bit different than it once was. We'll cover all that on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Until that, go Grizzlies! Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon.